0: Welcome to the Law of Attraction, Traction, Quantum Consciousness, Connection, and Creation with my mom, holistic psychotherapist, Korean Bierfeld. Karine has worked in private practice for over 20 years and has witnessed miraculous recoveries treating those who have experienced trauma. Trauma stored in the body can subconsciously affect and determine our life experience. When unconscious, programs and traumas are accessed and released, negative core beliefs and maladaptive behaviors can be permanently reprogrammed dive deeper into the law of attraction and go beyond whatever is blocking you from the life you want with kareen beer the law of attraction traction starts right now
1: wow i love every time i hear that introduction i'm dr hi, pat hi. and i get to do this show with kareen kareen we have a great show today so great to have Yay, you here excited to be here hi look so let's get at it um how do we build traction? And I love that you're doing, and I just want to be clear for everybody, the law of attraction, traction. And there's Mm -hmm. a very good reason why we're talking about this. You know, give folks a sense of today as we look at how do we build traction Mm -hmm. uh, in creating our dreams. Let's just take a step back to what we talked about last week and really talk about why the law of attraction per se has not worked for so many people.
2: Okay, sure. Yeah. So, I would think that anybody who's watching the show today probably already has a pretty good grasp on what the law of attraction is, which is this idea that, you know, our thoughts create our reality in a sense. So what we're thinking on a daily basis, what we're feeling um, creates a a state that people we tend to live in and our dominant thoughts and dominant feelings tend to really show up in our external world and kind of be a, a, a reflection of, you know, what's going on in our mind. So... Um, my guess is that anybody who's tuning in today and saw the title of the show already probably has a pretty firm grasp on what the law of attraction is. And what we're going to be talking about is just more like, why does that not seem to work for everybody? So, I mean, that's what I'm excited to talk to you about today. That's kind of what I do in my practices. I work with clients is what is it that causes people to not be able to manifest what they are trying to manifest in their lives? What causes them to block or sabotage their dreams? Yeah.
1: I mean, and what is the end result of that? Frustration, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> to say sure, the least. Of
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Frustration, disappointment. I know for myself, uh, when I used to try to apply these principles and wasn't getting results, um, I just thought like, you know, I'm, I'm just not doing this right. There's something wrong with me. You know, those kind of thoughts.
1: I think it's the, there's something wrong with me thing that hit people, right? (laughs) You know, and, and this is part of what you're talking about here today, because part of this is the work you do to help people understand that we are really an electromagnetic field, that a Mm -hmm. lot of things going on. Yeah. And that, you know, neuroscientists have really brought to light what some of the real secrets are right to this.
2: Yes. That we are vibrational beings. Um, And what's interesting is that, some neuroscientists estimate we have anywhere between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. Those are a lot of thoughts, if you think about it. So, you know, what tends to happen, I think, for a lot of people is we get addicted to thinking certain thoughts, you know, like the same thoughts that we had yesterday, we might think about today, worry about the future, we might be stewing on things that happened in the past. Um, Instead of really being super focused on what is it we're trying to create in our lives?
1: This is, first of all, it's exciting that what you're talking about is, and I just can't, I just can't say this enough. And I really would love to hear, you know, how you've learned this in working with your clients, because the law of attraction, that, and then traction, and the law of attraction is as if it's a one-time event, like going to the dentist. Right? <laughs> oh my God! Forget it. I got to take that back. Going to the dentist is not a one. Uh, no, no. Event, right? no but I you understand what I coming mean? Coming up soon. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's like we think about the law of attraction, but we forget that with energy and impulses, we need to have a momentum. Isn't that traction?
2: Yes. So, uh, the the. Absolutely. The momentum comes from what we are thinking and feeling, uh, on a consistent basis. So in other words, what the dominant thoughts and feelings are day after day. So somebody might be, uh, attempting to create something new in their life or manifest something. I know I did this and, uh, you know, like when I was in my twenties, I did a lot of positive affirmations and I would spend five or 10 minutes and I'd visualize what I wanted to create and I would try to feel that in my body, but then what would happen is the the rest of the day. Um, if I was really honest with myself, I would probably find that I was having a lot more thoughts of worry or self doubt or fear or questioning whether it was really going to manifest. So that's where what I excited to talk about today comes in because um, the piece that took me a long time to really understand is that we have, you know, our conscious part of the mind, which is what, when we're doing positive affirmations, it's the conscious mind that's like, okay, I want to make changes. I want to create this, you know, this, what, whatever new thing it is in my life, a new relationship or more money or a career or better health, that would be the conscious mind saying, this is what I want to do. But then we also have a much bigger part of our mind which is our our subconscious mind, and that is really kind of like the driving force that most people don't realize um, has so much to do with what we end up attracting, how we show up in relationships, how we respond, how we interact, and that our conscious or our sorry our unconscious thoughts and beliefs, those tend to come more from. Um, a lot of it comes from upbringing. So by the time you know it, we're 35. We have a, a, a tremendous amount of unconscious beliefs and conclusions in, that are stored in our subconscious mind that most of the time we're not even aware uh, we're carrying. But but those fuel the thoughts that we're having every day. Yeah, much more than our conscious mind does. So, it's almost yeah. like if you had a computer, <laughs> I'm not a techie person. So, I'm like, oh, do I even <laughs> use this analogy? Yeah, I don't no, know. go ahead.
1: Come on. I, if I can use the dentist, you can use
2: the computer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, because like, I really don't know that much about computers, but I, I know a tiny little bit. So, uh, the analogy would be like, you know, if you're talking about a computer and you download an app right the app would be the small tiny part of the, the mind that's the conscious mind and when you're on the app it seems like that's the whole thing but really what's driving the app would be all of the hardware the 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 the, the programming behind the computer right so there's like the hard drive and this right so the the subconscious mind is more like what we would call the hard drive of the computer. And that is so much more vast and so much more complicated. (laughs) Um, And sometimes like not nearly as easy to access as the conscious mind, but when when the, you know, the people that are the programmers that know how to get in there, they can do amazing, wonderful, miraculous things um, with the computer and, And also with any apps that you know you want to work with. So what I do with clients as I work in in my practice is I help them understand like if they're really wanting to make permanent shifts in their life, talking about it and just doing positive affirmations or just talking about what happened to us when we were growing up is not going to cut it because you're just staying in the conscious part of the mind. And that isn't going to create the deep internal shift that we need to get to.
1: I love that you're talking about this. I want to make sure everybody knows Corinne is a licensed professional clinical uh, counselor and been in private practice. I love, I love, love that she gets to say I'm a holistic therapist. Been there for <laughs> 20 years. I love that you're able to say that. And the reason I love that is because it is a life path and a calling. And it, in order for one to step forward in that, you not only have to talk about the law of attraction, traction, but you have to live it. See, there's yes. no... Um, hiding and i love the computer analogy and i'd love for you to talk to this next point too right about the fact that you just described a system mm-hmm. and a lot of times when we get that realization and never been able to get it on my own always had to i've always had to work with people i have coaches now sure because we don't see ourselves very well we could tell the same childhood story 100 times and it would not get
2: to what is that underneath of holding us back does it it does not okay so thank you i love that question thank you so what i try to do uh as when i'm working in my practice with clients and i say i'll tell people you know i, I can try to explain this to you but it's, it's like trying to almost explain like the color yellow to a blind person you can try but until you have the actual experience of it, um, you can only get so far. So I'm going to do the best I can to explain this cognitively. So people at least have some kind of a foundation for what I'm saying. And then I was thinking maybe towards the end, we could just do a quick little, like even a five minute demonstration so that pe- so you, the listeners can experience more of the the shift that I'm talking about. So the... Um, the whole idea with the subconscious mind is that so much of what happens as we're growing up gets stored internally. And especially when we're dealing uh, with experiences that have uh, like an intense emotional impact. So it could be traumatic experience. It could be like one big event, or it could be... Um, like even, you know, like say a child is maybe all their physical needs are being met and they're not being abused, but they grow up in a family where there's emotional neglect, or they grow up in a family where there's not a lot of money or, you know, um, so it doesn't have to be like, like just one day, one big thing happens. More of the time, it's like these subtle messages that occur over the course of a person's upbringing. So if they grow up in a family where there's Um, neglect, let's say, the child doesn't have the ability to go, you know, um, my parents aren't meeting my emotional needs. There must be something going on with my parents. And I'm not knocking anybody's parents because, you know, trauma just gets passed generation to generation. But what a child will do automatically is because children are naturally more self-centered until about the age of 12, you know, everything is about them. A child will say, I'm not getting my emotional needs met. There must be something wrong with me. You know, something must be going. So, when that happens, the unconscious belief that forms is there's something wrong with me, or I'm not enough, or I'm not good enough the way I am. If they grew up in a family where there's not a lot of money, they might internalize beliefs around uh, money's never, you know, life is hard, life is a struggle. So, then when you become an adult and you, let's say you're trying to create money, through practicing the con the concepts of the law of attraction, you can say I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy. But if the subconscious program that you've internalized from the time you were young is life is hard, life is a struggle, there's never enough, it doesn't matter how much money you have, you're going to have a deep internal sense of lack. Just like the child that grows up in a family where there's maybe an emotional neglect and believes there's something wrong with me. I'm never enough, what's going to happen is in relationships, they're going to be um they're going to attract people that reflect those beliefs back. Mm
3: -hmm. So if you want
2: to know what's going on in your subconscious mind, you kind of just have to look at what's going on around you in your life. And your life is a reflection of that. So, and I don't say that from a place, like, I I think we always want to have a, come from a place of um, like compassion and empathy for ourselves, you know? So, um, when I'm talking to people in my practice, it's just more like, okay, so we don't want to, it's not about judging ourselves for what we've Mm -hmm. created. It's more just like saying, let's look at what is it that is showing up. And we can use that as an access point point, a gateway to get to the subconscious, to go to the source of where these beliefs first formed so that we can start to heal them. And then when you can do that, it does create more of a, a permanent shift.
1: Yeah, I love that we're talking about this, because I think each of us has our own story that we can point to about exactly Mm -hmm. what you said, only because in my case, I worked with a therapist, you know, when I when I had my job loss after 25 years, I Mm -hmm. worked, I worked with someone to help me understand why I thought, yeah, that I'd never earn money again, when there wasn't anything in my history that pointed to that. Um, And, you know, now fast forward to where we are, right? Because you can have that epiphany of that, that moment, that awakening in the moment. But one of the things that's always been missing, for me at least, from the conversational law of traction, is yeah. how to keep it going. Yeah. You know, how to keep the momentum going. And you called yeah. that traction.
2: Yes. Right. So I think, yeah, so what we're talking about then, um, from my perspective on how do you keep it going and how do you how do you build traction I think um, so. So much of this is about removing the the blocks, the parts where we would block ourselves from having what we say we want. So, in other words, I think most people that are listening are going to already understand this part. That you know, the highest reality we do live in an infinite universe. Like there is an infinite supply, there is an abundance available to us. That's our natural state. So, if we're not experiencing that it's not because it's not available to us. It's because on some level somewhere um, we're blocking, we're like we've, the flow is blocked. Does that make sense? Yeah. And so what, what I was you know, trying to say earlier is that what I found is that when, you know, as we're growing up, when we have certain negative core beliefs that we have um, learned through family of origin school, whatever peers, like messages that we've internalized, what happens is it's the beliefs that we form, but also there are usually intense feelings that go with the beliefs. So it's almost like the the feelings and the beliefs are locked together. The feelings keep the beliefs in place and they get stored in our body unconsciously so it's like you get a negative belief i'm not enough money's not you know life is hard negative feeling that goes with it fear um unworthiness sadness whatever it is locked in the body and then pushed out of conscious awareness but we're going through life and that's like the virus and the the hardware program that keeps showing up in our life so in order to build traction the first thing we need to do is access the viruses, like get to the parts where there's access, the nuggets and the blocks and clear those. And that's not always easy because it means, you know, it takes a willingness to be, to turn yeah. toward and lean into parts of ourselves that are, uh Holding pain, and who wants to feel pain? Like I know, I never do. I've been doing my own work twenty years. I never want to. As a matter of <laughs> fact, some days I'm like, I, you know, like I'm like, how do my clients do this? It's so hard <laughs> to feel pain. It's so far, you know, like I don't want to do. It. <laughs> but I know that the result, if I can, it's like a temporary. Like, like I'll say, okay, it sucks to feel pain, but it's a temporary suckiness, yeah, as opposed to, as opposed to, I'm going to avoid the pain. And the, the unconscious pain and negative beliefs are going to just run my life the rest of my life. So it's more of a choice to say, I'm going to lean in, let myself go there for a temporary period, let it be more intense, allow myself to have whatever emotional release needs to happen, whether it's crying or, you know, like with anger, we're like usually hitting things or yelling into a pill or whatever we need to do, get the emotion out. And then once you have the emotional release, then then you can go to the negative beliefs that are formed and then they become much more malleable. So instead of trying to say positive affirmations a hundred times a day, and if you don't, you can do that. And if you don't get to the negative belief, that's unconscious, that's stored, it's always going to come up and sabotage and win in the end. But when you get there, like access it, feel it, release the feelings connected, you know, get to the child part that's holding the belief, bring some comfort and um, soothe that child part, then you can, then that's like getting into the hardware part of the computer and you can change the belief. And when you change the belief at the source from the time that it was formed, it becomes totally permanent. Mm -hmm. It's like magic. It's Mm -hmm. amazing. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about whether I should share this one example. Um, It's a little bit like PG-13, but I doubt there are any kids watching the show and they should be (laughs) in school. So, you know, (laughs) whether they're on your time zone or my time zone. So this was just such a a really powerful example um, that happened with a client, you know, that had come to me. So I'm going to go ahead and just talk about it for a minute. She'd come to me. She had been struggling with infertility for about 10 years. So she, you know, they had got married in their mid to late 20s. By the time she came to me, she was later 30s. Um, And she'd been to a lot of, uh, you know, like infertility treatments over the years, because she her dream was that she really wanted to have a child have a baby. And um, so what I helped her do is I, I explained to her the same thing that I've just explained to you, which is like, okay, we need to access the unconscious stuff and see what's going on here. And uh, there's this whole field of energy psychology that helps you do that. There's all these different approaches within that field that help you access the unconscious. And um, so what we did was, was, you know, I helped her get in touch with where that the, the problem of the infertility was really coming from. And so she went back to a time when she was a child um, where she had been sexually abused. And um, it was so interesting because, and this is the part that's I don't know what the rules are with Facebook live, but I'm going to say it there. Um, there was an orange, there was a cup that had um, her abuser's sperm in it. And mm-hmm. when she came out of the session, she said, oh my gosh, we were the last treatment we went to the doctor handed me my husband's sperm as we're walking in to do the um, artificial insemination and said, hold this. And she made such a powerful connection. The, the belief she had formed was I don't want anything to do with what's in that cup. I don't want anything to do with what's in that cup. Yeah. And that belief was so powerful and so deep that for, you know, she wasn't able to get pregnant for like 10 years. So I, we only did three or four sessions um, and she was able to clear a lot of the pain and the trauma around the sexual abuse experience. And then she said to me, you know, I, I'm just going to take a break. I'm done with trying infertility treatments Um, and sure enough, next month pregnant after 10 years of trying. So it can be that powerful. Like it can be that intense that, that her body, you know, like, that's just an example of how it can, uh, manifest physically. And, you know, yeah.
1: And one of the things you were talking about, that is such a powerful example. You know, part of this is ultimately helping clear the pathway to true happiness and fulfillment, isn't it?
2: Yes, I think, um, so as we keep doing the work, my perspective is happiness and fulfillment is our natural birthright, like it, it, it is our natural state, but the traumas that I was talking about, it's like they cover over our natural state. So the more we do the work to clear those, the more we just inherently move into um a a state of happiness Mm. more calm more more sense of peace and fulfillment Mm. yeah it's it's how we're meant to live naturally um but we're just like I think I said this before like we're kind of gunked up we need to clear out the gunk yeah so that we can be in our heart more of the time
1: Yeah, boy, I
2: built a whole brand
1: around that. It's called Crust Busting. Yes. Um, Because of my personal state. I mean, that's where I was. I was in that personal state, but I didn't know this. Um, You know, I know that um, we're coming up on the half hour and I know that this is a powerful, powerful topic, but you also, you know, you're building a base of knowledge for people and sharing information that even when you get to that point, that awareness, you know, there is a next step. That next step is making sure we keep that traction. We keep moving forward because sometimes isn't it true that once you uncover that one thing underneath, there may be something else.
2: Oh, there's layers. (laughs) (laughs) We're all like, we have many, many, many layers, all of us. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
1: Uh, So I want to just make sure that uh, people know how to find out more about you. And I'd love to know what your personal message is, you know, and, and what this experience is of understanding about these beliefs that will help us build up momentum
2: in Mm -hmm. achieving
1: what we want. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Okay, so as far as how to reach me, my website is, is just my name, which is um, kareenbeerfelt.com K-O-R-E-N-B-I-E-R-F-E-L-D-T dot com and there's information on there on about my practice and you know I knew you were going to ask this as one of like the final question of what would be a message that I have for people today and I gave it some thought and I um you know what I was thinking I would like to leave people with today as far as this idea of um trying to I, I think sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves and so my message, I guess, today would just be that for, th- for people who are struggling, that you've been trying to create the life that you want, if you're finding that you're having um, you know, a hard time with that, to just be gentle, <laughs> be gentle and be compassionate with yourself. And if you are having a hard time being gentle, then just say that you're willing to be compassionate with yourself. Because I find that... Um, the more we can come from that kind of place, like we're all on, it's, you know, life is hard. It's, it's a hard journey sometimes. And so the more we can just come from a place of compassion, um, patience with ourselves, with this journey that we're on, it's paradoxically, a lot of times that will help us to move forward faster and to manifest more quickly, whatever it is we're trying to manifest.
1: Yeah, I love that we learn from what you just said. And you know, when you have that moment of clarity, or you have that moment where the light bulb goes on, you're eager to get more of it. Corrine, thank you so much for today. Thank you for Thanks, a great show. And uh, we'll be back with more of the law of attraction traction. Uh, next time with Kareen Bierfeld, everybody, we're going to take a very short break. And when we come back, More from TransformationTalkRadio.com.
0: We'll be right back. Thanks for joining the Law of Attraction Traction with host, my mom, Green Burfo. Tune in every third Tuesday of the month at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio and learn how you can heal from the traumas and conditions you thought were impossible. Get inspired to pursue your own healing and growth so that your light shines brighter than ever. To learn more about Crean and her and the services she provides as holistic psychotherapists, visit her website at CorinneBierfeldt.com.
2: Did you know that all of the shows on the Transformation Radio Network are available as podcasts to stream or download? (laughs) Really? Check us out. Go to TransformationRadio.fm. We have business shows, spiritual shows, energy healing shows, and pretty much everything in between something for everyone guaranteed to inspire educate and transform we are transforming the world one listener at a time
4: welcome to the pause with ellen wyoming deloy that's me i'm your host life can be demanding and most of us get caught up in the busy go 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 but there is great value in taking a moment to pause and reflect Constant momentum doesn't always equate to forward momentum, and I'm here to teach you how to take a strategic pause so that your next step is purposeful and in the direction of your goals. Develop self-awareness and skills that improve your ability to walk through life with intention. This is a path toward a more balanced, fulfilling state of being. Take a beat and then take action. The pause with Ellen Wyoming Deloy starts now. hello good morning everyone thank you so much for joining me today i am very excited um i have with me here today tom o'brien um acting coach professional coach and director um he is joining us from the beautiful sunny sunny country of greece and um yeah we're here today tom welcome to the show
3: hi ellen thanks so much for having me on and um... um (laughs)
4: <laughs> do you do you have any updates on the weather? How are things over there? What time is it over it, there?
3: It's really it's really nice and hot here. As as, uh, as um your listeners will gather, I'm actually not Greek from my accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just here for a couple of months. Um, but I it's seven p.m. and I've got the aircon on, so um I'm nice and cool. But it is for warm, it's warm. it's it's about oh I don't know what it is in um Fahrenheit. It's probably In the eighties,
4: if I'm going to
3: Fahrenheit. So it's nice.
4: That's nice. There's a breeze.
3: There's a breeze. (laughs) There's there's a breeze.
4: oh it's good well tom thanks so much for joining me and so tom and i have had the privilege of actually having already chatted earlier this morning and have been kind of i've been up since uh 7 my time 7 a.m my time um but it's 9 a.m here you can catch the pause every second and fourth tuesday at 9 a.m pacific noon eastern and uh 7 p.m greek time now that i know um but but we're 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 coming together today because uh tom's a coach and i'm a coach and we We work with different audiences, but we've really connected and bonded over some of the striking similarities, energy, and passion about how we work together. I wanted to bring Tom onto the show today for a few reasons, one of them mostly just so that you could meet him, because not only does he work with actors and professionals, um, in and, and we're talking people that you would know their names, um, but also he works with emerging entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs working to get their story straight, to get their kind of personal branding under control so they understand who they are, how they are and how they show up in the world. And it's, it's like all of these reasons, um, and more that I really, really enjoy getting to work with Tom. Um, so Tom, can you, can you share with us a little bit for folks who don't know you yet? um, you're, you're from the UK, we can tell from how you speak, but like tell us about your background and tell us a little bit of your story, who you are.
3: Well, thanks. Thanks again for having me on it. So it's so wonderful to have met you and work with you. And it's um, great to be on here and, 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 and speak with your audience. And um, so, yeah, I, like Ellen said, I um, I grew up in the UK, in the middle. Literally, if you put a dot in the middle of um, England, that's where I grew up, in the, in a place called the Midlands um, in Derbyshire, um, for those of you who've heard of it. Um, my mum's my of Welsh heritage, and um, my dad um, is an Irish immigrant who moved over to the uk when he was very very young um and i grew up in a very industrial town that was not necessarily known for arts or creativity it was it's actually where um my local town is where beer um it's had the most breweries actually in the in the world at one point um and it's where um a lot of beer companies. So so actually, if you get off the train in Burton-on-Trent, you can just smell the hops and the beer, which is very, very nice. And also, um, I don't know if you, you know, Marmite. Do you have Marmite in the States? Is that... We've, We've
4: all heard of the Curiosity. I think we associate it with Australians, mostly.
3: Yeah, well, it's actually a British um condiment that um is was also in my town so uh, it's famous for (laughs) marmites
4: all right because it's the offings of all the brewing process isn't it
3: absolutely oh my goodness
4: the origin of beer recycling people where Tom's.
3: And I, and I don't want to digress on it, but a funny story is that I actually we have a thing called work experience where when you're like 15, you get to go and work in a, in a job, and I was supposed to go and work in the theatre, and I actually ended up working in the Marmite Factory for a week because there was the, my theatre had ran out of space, so yeah, so I have been that. <laughs> <laughs> but it, on the factory themed, my granddad, my granddad was an Irish immigrant, and he came over to the UK to actually work in a, another famous factory, Cadbury's. So what I suppose I'm saying is that my family are not from the arts or theatre at all or the entertainment industry but um, I was very excitable as a kid couldn't really sit still couldn't really focus and it wasn't until my mum took me to see like a Christmas family show um, when I was very young and she noticed that well, while all the other kids were getting up out of their seats and you know um, not being able to focus, that I actually could, and it was the only thing I could focus on, and that sort of cultivated an interest in um, in in performing and theatre and creating shows. You know, I was creating shows in my I had a little. Um, like a model theatre, which so I'd make I'd make shows in, in there, and also I'd, I'd boss my friends around at the playground and make them do performances, and and I think basically I think any opportunity for there to be like a something to be turned into a theatre, I would, and um, I was quite lucky, even though it was um, a very industrial town and, like I said, wasn't known necessarily for its arts, there was some really good local teachers and some really, like, free access to, um, you know, free artistic um, groups, so I I was involved in a drama group from, from a very young age and had an amazing teacher who like six, seven, I was getting into like Shakespeare and, you know, I was being introduced to this, this world of stories and storytelling and performing. And it really became sort of the thing that was my thing. You know, I think I then started understanding what an actor was and that I wanted to be an actor. And then, you know, um, that led me to just, I suppose I was focusing most of my time out of school on extracurricular and I know Ellen you you the same you got into theatre at school and 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 it was a real haven for you and it, it was very much for me and it became a real safe space for me to explore my um creativity but also express myself I didn't really fit in where I came from it was a quite a conservative town um, and the theatre community there really was a bit of a haven for me um, and I was and I was very lucky that at 18 I got a scholarship to go and train at a drama school in London and the arts educational schools, which was one of the sort of top schools for musical theatre performers. I did dance and sing, so I whilst acting was my focus. I did you know nurture that side of my um, creativity as well, and 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 spent three years there and um it was very intense it was a it was very rigorous and it was a bit like a a boot camp for performers really for three years (laughs) but I did get a degree and I I graduated with an agent and started touring um the UK in um, some productions and yeah I did musicals like Mamma Mia um the musical Annie I did um also some plays um as well I, I managed to do some Shakespeare plays as well and 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 was at a point where I was really you know very fortunate to be working I mean so many actors you know especially when you graduate it's it can be hard to you know get sustained work but I was fortunate to work but I got itchy feet about four years in and I started to get a little bit in my head and I started to feel a little insecure and sort of not in my body and that was always something I was you know as a performer you know you want to always be in your body and and you know not and I think the director started to take over. I became quite self-critical and quite self-analyzing, and and just didn't feel that this was, you know.
0: Can I ask you I was a quick
4: question yeah. about this part of your story? Like, I really I'm appreciating this, and I know we're gonna get to it because your your process is about being embodied, and mm. and so I want to just see like you started to notice even within yourself that there was um, a disconnect. It sounds like between mm. sort of the acting life and then the director life, and you started intuitively by listening to yourself to um to to make a transition and i want to just do a quick note we're going to take a break in a couple minutes here so if can you just elucidate a little bit on that moment when you sort of realized there was this need to sort of like change tech because of what you could feel in yourself and I you're probably doing it I may have just interrupted you so I'd love to hear a little no
3: no no, not not at all I think um and, and, and I suppose I only can really articulate it now you know 10 years later with perspective right but actually it showed up in my body in terms of heaviness and a little bit of depression because Mm -hmm. i felt really um like nothing was making me satisfied i was auditioning for jobs i wasn't quite getting them then when i did get a job i just felt heavy i felt uninspired and just that sort of low sinking feeling in the gut and i remember my partner at the time was just like i've never seen you you know unhappy i didn't quite know what i wanted to do and then i started looking at what the director was doing and the conversations the director was having with the actors and then the bigger picture and, you know, all the different people they were getting to work with. And that's when I started to become curious and that ignited some curiosity. And I remember now feeling a bit more stimulated and excited, but I mean, to answer your question, yeah, it was really just this sort of heaviness and feeling of loss really, Um, maybe even a bit of grief.
4: And grief. Oh, Tom. So I want to bridge to that, but we're going to go ahead and move to a brief break. So if you're just joining in, come stay tuned and stay with us. We're going to come back with Tom O'Brien. We're going to get more into what it is to work with an embodied coach for acting professionals and entrepreneurs. Um, After the show, we're going to continue to hear a bit more of Tom's story. We'll see you soon.
2: Can you truly say that you know and love yourself? Courtney Cottrell is an author, speaker, and 21-year active duty Master Chief with the U.S. Navy, here to encourage you to take back your power and live your life with intention and purpose. Tune in to Unapologetically Favored every fourth Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio. Walk in your purpose. Visit unapologeticallyfavored.com to learn more about Courtney.
0: Do you have traits of ADD or ADHD? It
2: can be hard to meet society's expectations of productivity when traditional approaches to time management and organization don't work for your unique brain. You need customized
0: strategies. In the ADHD Self-Mastery Podcast with Bonnie Minku, you get concise, actionable solutions to help you modify your approach and achieve
2: your goals. Learn more about Bonnie at thrivewithadd.com. Hello, I'm Susie Parker-Goins of Blue Lightning Healing. I'm a channel, so I embody your guides, allowing you to have soul-deep conversations. A Reiki master and energy healer, we work together to find and identify the blockages in your energy and learn to release them. I love looking at past lives and how they're affecting you in the now and what you can do to resolve them, and more as you learn about your possibilities. I'm available for phone and virtual sessions. Go to BlueLightningHealing.com for more information.
4: Welcome back. If you're just joining us, I'm with my guest today, Tom O'Brien, director, performer, uh, performing performance coach, excuse me, um, based out of the UK, currently in Greece. And he's been kind of filling us in on his journey to who, how he's become who he is. And we're just diving in on this transition he made um, a number of years ago into, into, through listening to his body and sort of his own intuitive process, which I think informed quite a bit of, how he coaches, which I really love because when people come into coaching through their own experience, right? It's often how it happens. There's such a, a lived experience and a truth to it that you can then help other people translate when they're struggling. And so um, if uh, please, I'd love to hear kind of the the where you where we just left off as you kind of switched into this director role and then into your coaching. And then and then take us from there, please, and explain more about it.
3: Well yeah I think as when I realized that I wanted to direct and actually not you know perform myself anymore and help actors you know with their performances I think my acting experience definitely informed that, but I always think as an actor, I never quite found a process that really worked for me and kept me in my body. So I suppose that curiosity through directing and through helping actors, as well as obviously looking after the big production and the bigger picture that you've got to think about. And that's a whole other part of the of the job of looking about set, lighting, you know, just set um, costume design, all of that. But actually, when in terms of working with actors, I was really started on a quest on how to keep an actor in their body, how to keep them, their imagination stimulated, so that they're really immersed in their character and connected, so that their performance is not just truthful, but it feels authentic. And I, and because i struggled that myself as an actor, I actually wanted to really find out how, how can we do this for actors and i came across an amazing woman um who had direct had trained a director that i'd been a big fan of and she taught me this process um which was all about active analysis and how the body when fed the right information will signal um a response which can help lead get sorry uh, would help connect you to a character so looking at the beliefs and how like um generalized beliefs that you've picked up throughout your life, um, how that shows up in the body. And, you know, that's obviously is very true for us humans, but when we're creating a character, how if we really identify the core beliefs of the character, how they can then be used to create and not just uh, the energy that's needed for the scene, but also the lived embodied experience of the character. And that was that was, I mean, that was really a part of a lineage that led to Stanislavski, um, and later part of his life, who's a very famous practitioner and used throughout the West in drama training. But it was this response that the body has to words that really unlocked everything for me and and, and as part of the process that I used throughout my shows and also now as a coach.
4: You, do you see me like being so excited about what you're speaking about and this is why i love talking to you and why i think listeners who are just learning about tom should should follow him so you can find him we'll post it in the show notes after if i didn't already do it um his instagram just so you can be in touch because he's he's this, he's like this quintessential coach for actors to get into the body because of the belief in the energy of how the body responds to words and images but why it's so great if you're an entrepreneur or just somebody going through a transition who wants to become the person that you know you were meant to be. Because Tom, this works for actors getting into character. But to me, I hear manifestation and I'm like, you can also use this in your real life to get Mm -hmm. yourself from A to B. And it's why you're not just a performance and acting coach, but you are just a coach to help people through big life transitions and entrepreneurs to become who they need to be in their business. And I, I so love this about you. So I'm just, I'm just talking about you now, but can you talk a little bit more about how you do that work within the acting process, and then also the entrepreneur process, and some of the ways that that has showed up for your clients, and what that what that feels like for you to work with them?
3: Yeah, uh, no, absolutely, and I think ultimately with when I'm so um, I always use this for my hands. So those who can see, I put my two hands up, and um, I kind of what we're looking for. We're talking about the bridge to connect between the actor and the character. And so so there's a connection, right? If the actor in a session isn't connected to their body, hasn't found um, or identified their beliefs that they have that day, whether it's about life, the world, people, men, women, um, you know, I suppose if they haven't got a hold on where they are in their body and where their beliefs are, it's very hard for them to transition into character because they're sort of, there's a, a a lack of clarity in themselves and and what what you really need as an actor is to be really, really clear if you're going to enter into another character and show up authentically. So I work with actors to, you know, intensify those beliefs and really identify them within themselves and then also how they connect to the character. But with entrepreneurs and, and leaders, it can be so useful because ultimately, whether you're presenting, or you're performing, or speaking to camera, or actually just showing up for your clients, you need to have an understanding of what your beliefs are that day, and how you might be bringing that energy into the work that you do, okay? And I think that can be so transformative, and I have worked with entrepreneurs on identifying not just their core but desired, uh, sorry, their core um, beliefs, but also their story and how their beliefs are attached to their story and I think any entrepreneur or coach um, needs to hold on that and a really understanding of their story and how that's connected their beliefs so it's really understanding yourself just like actors need to understand themselves before they enter a character if, that, if well, that makes sense, that was clear. It,
4: it makes so much sense. And it's why um, I, I think what you're saying is so important. And I want to kind of phrase it once again, just for folks to understand, when you're working with a coach or you're working with um, someone who's supporting you, you want them to know where they are so that they understand the difference between them and you. The last thing you want is someone to start kind of encroaching into a space to say that their way is, should be your way and kind of starting to manipulate you into like a school of thought as opposed to what you're talking about here which is like identification of your Mm self-sovereignty and then helping the other person identify their self-sovereignty and 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 I think you haven't gone into this but as they kind of identify their beliefs you give them the space to identify if those are still their beliefs if they work yes. for them in present time because getting that level of clarity whether you are a stay-at-home parent an acting professional or the leader of a fortune 500 organization is imperative because it will impact every interaction you have and it's why i'm very picky about who i work with because of this it's why i'm very picky about myself so that i'm clear for my clients and tom why why i know you're so great at what you do is there any more you'd like to add to that
3: yeah i think what i also believe in is we cannot really understand ourselves until we have fully expressed ourselves so what i do in my sessions whether it's um with our own beliefs you know with the actor or the entrepreneur's own beliefs or whether it's the characters, I we I'll do exercises actually over Zoom, where they will do a simple task and then they will start to I will just give them permission to extremify the beliefs. So I will, you know. Will have worked out what the, their beliefs are that day or the character's beliefs are. And then we'll just let them sit in the space and I will just intensify them just by giving permission for more and doing a repetitive action, whether it's like I'll get them normally to tidy up their room and I will just repeat the beliefs to, to them and then see what happens to their body over that time. Oh, wow. And then I'll encourage their body to sort of take over and, and, and really express those beliefs because once you fully express them you can understand if they're true either for the character or for yourself so that is really embodying we need to take things to the extreme to really um, understand them and and that's something is really a a, a part of my process whether it's working with actors or entrepreneurs
4: I really, I, I love this. And I'm so curious, is there a good story that you've ever seen when you've kind of taken it and you've turned the dial up to a hundred with somebody for a profound revelation, either with getting into a character or with uh, a business or a practitioner?
3: Yeah. I mean, there's, so there's two really quick examples I can give. There's one. It, so what we never want to do as actors is make generalized choices and um you know and just you know read the script and go okay this is what i think the person is and this is this is who i think they are and this is what they're trying to do in the scene what this this actor was very resistant to this idea of the um they were doing some terrible things in the scene and i really knew it was coming from a place of you know trauma the character and the they actually didn't see it like that they were very much in their head they had an idea of how they. Wanted to play it. So once we'd done the text work and identified the beliefs, we did this exercise where I extremified the beliefs and, and found the germ of the character, the thing that really like, you know, m- uh motivates all their decisions. And what was so transformative about it was the actor got really emotional and they said they felt like the character was really in pain and and was was really hurt. And I was, it was so wonderful because when we stopped thinking and stopped overanalyzing what the text said and we just tried it out and we played, the, the actor did a, you know, a full 180 on their perception of the character. And I think that's really powerful because I think that shows how the body can really tell us um, not only you stuff t- about ourselves but about I courage. mean
4: and again the real world application of this process i just continue to think that like this is why the work that you do is so important because i mean you just illustrated the cultivation of empathy And to understand more fundamentally sort of like where we are all coming from at a deeper level rather than the overanalysis that so many of us are trapped inside of. It's about, this is something you and I talk about quite a lot, the energy underneath it, sort of the nugget that you help to find, excuse me, to find and pull out, to identify with getting under the story, to get into sort of that embodiment. I really, really appreciate that.
3: Yeah, the inside out. I mean, like what you said is the actor's job is to um, have empathy um, for the character they're playing so that they can get underneath. Yeah. And I think sometimes uh, entrepreneurs, especially who are trying to serve um, other people <laughs> as well, this can be used to really understand themselves but their clients their customers as well and i think the creative process is extremely um powerful and in this embodied process of what, what i call it it can be transformative in understanding your clients yourself and how you want to work with them just by playing and and expressing it's not about being that client and like acting as that client no it's sort of understanding what that client might feel or the, or 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 what your, you want your audience to the message you want to give deliver to your audience because you understand how they feel.
4: Yeah. Can you get all the world leaders to undertake a little bit of this training while we're at it? I um, just a little bit, but also really we could all use this. Tom, thank you so much. We just have a couple minutes left. And what I really want to share for people is that Tom and I are working together. We're doing a workshop. September 15th um it's going to be about clearing the clutter and we're going to go through together this is Tom's workshop he's invited me in I'm very excited but we're going to be working with actors performers and potentially entrepreneurs this is also for you if you'd like to register um mm-hmm. to to clear the clutter of what's going on so that you can get anchored into being embodied within the beliefs to start to measure if they're real or not and we both have our own approaches to how we help our clients do this work and that's why we think it's going to be so powerful this double kind of like double whammy with two people who align but yet also work differently. Tom, tell me, I just said my part about your workshop. You go ahead and give a quick
3: no, share. Absolutely, like in terms of I always believe different voices and different approaches. Actors need a different approach and they need a different voice and um, entrepreneurs need a different voice. And I think the combination of us and like we said we're we align in in terms of how we want to release people (laughs) so they are open and and clear but the using an acting process and then an intuitive coaching process I'm really interested to see how that clash and that combination actually um, what that throws up for the people in the workshop. And I think it will be an informative experience for not just myself and Ellen, but for those who join us. And we are we are really looking forward to getting really quite deep and um, understanding how as human beings, what we need to do our best work. Absolutely,
4: absolutely. So I'm gonna post that information, but just so you know, it is September 15th. It's at 11 a.m. Pacific. What is that? 2 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. in the UK. You'll have to plug into the time change after that. Um, It's $79 U.S. if you book before the 31st. That's the early bird pricing. It goes to $99 U.S. after September 1st. We hope to see you there. We're capping it at 20 so that we can be very personalized and have a good experience. So do get your tickets now and you'll be able to find those in the show notes. Tom, thank you so much for joining me today on The Pause.
3: Thank you so much, from you. Thank you, and it's lovely to be here and and talk more about transformation. So Absolutely, thank
4: you. join up, sign up for the workshop, get in, thank you. hang out with us. <laughs> Thanks for being here on the pause. Whenever you are listening and wherever you're listening from, we hope this time gives you some space from your day to reflect and gain some insight into where you're going and how you can make your next steps count. If you're really looking to jump into your personal growth journey, schedule a free consultation with me and learn how my coaching can help you to start taking meaningful action in your life today. Visit my site, EllenWyomingDeloy.com. See you next time.